Hey, this is Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Living Redefined Podcast. This is a place where we discuss modern day topics and attack them with biblical truths. The goal that we have is just to make daily decisions based on morality and integrity. I want to help you move forward in your faith, and I hope that today helps you do that. Enjoy the message. Welcome back to Church Online. Stand by me, part four. Part four, talking about one way to be expectant. This is Church Online, so if you're joining and engaging with me today, great. Hope you've enjoyed this series. I hope it spoke to you and helped you in your relationship with God in your weekly, daily, uh, daily quiet times, daily engagements. The idea is to abide above everything, right? Because we understand and we, under, and we know, we believe wholeheartedly as believers, as Christians, that we can do anything on the, face of the earth, on the face of this earth under one condition. And that is as long as we abide, abide in Jesus. And so, Stand By Me is the title of this series because in John 15, 4, it says, If you will abide in me, I will abide in you. We've been using the story of Mary and Martha. And what it means to abide is, is really weird because it's kind of a churchy word. But abide means to accept or act in accordance with a recommendation, rule, or decision. And the second one is to continue without fading or being lost, to continue without fading. Consistency completes everything. And so some of the synonyms for the word abide are obey, follow, Remain, hold to, stick to, uphold, accept, respect, or stand by, stand by. And so remain in me is what the Amplified Version says. Remain in me and I will remain in you. And so abiding means active, okay? It doesn't mean to sit idly by and just just believe everything's going to work out for the better, right? It means resting in the work. It means resting in the moment. It means resting in the truth, in the confidence that God is who he says he is, that he did what he said he would do, that he's going to do what he said he will do, that he is our peace, he's our provision, he is the way. He is the way. And the more that we abide in him, the more grace and the more of his power transform us to be like him, we develop Christ-like character. Because there's this quote that says, there's no condition in life under any circumstance, right? that we cannot abide in Jesus. We have to learn to stand by him wherever we are because we can do anything under one condition, abide in Jesus. And John 15, four um, in the message translation says, live in me, make your home in me just as I make my home in you. And that's really what we talk about with salvation. It's making our home in Jesus because when we pray that prayer and we receive Jesus as our savior, he makes his home in us. And so our connection to God and how we remain in relationship with him is super important as we look around and we see what's happening all around us in the world. It's really easy to be shaken, to be bothered, to be concerned. Bank, we got big banks closing. We have all kinds of stuff, right? But Jesus reminds us all that with everything going on around you, and maybe even in your mind, the best thing that you can do is just to abide. It's just to remain. It's just to walk and to be with me. And so we've covered the three ways that we can abide. Each week of this series has hit one point. And so this will be uh, the fourth point. And we talked about being relaxed in week one. That was really about being uh, doing and being busy. Week two is about being distracted. We talked about being reverent in our time with God. Don't be distracted when you meet with the creator of heaven and earth. And last week we talked about being willing. If you missed any of them, make sure you go back. It's on YouTube or Facebook and get those because they're going to help you in the depth of your relationship with God. These are great, phenomenal points to grow in your relationship with God. They all work together and they all complement each other and they've all been uh, kind of a prequel for the next, right? And so today we're looking at the fourth attitude, which 
is just as big as all the others. These are massive. They're all equal. So it's not like, hey, if I can only pick one, no, you need to, these are the attitudes we come to our time with God with, right? And so this one is probably the most forgotten though. If, if there's anything that's been forgotten in our relationship with God or our time with God or how we engage with God, it is the thought of being expectant. Today, the title is One Way to Be Expectant. And, you know, we've used the story of Mary and Martha, and we see how this plays out in two different types of people, right? Mary, who, is, who comes in, and Jesus in the house, she shelves everything to come because she's relaxed, and she's reverent, and she's willing, and she's expectant. Jesus in the house, this man, this man uh, it works miracles. He uh, brings uh, life from death. He brings lost people found. He brings sight to the blind. He brings hearing to the deaf. Something good's about to happen in my house. I want a front row seat for it. Mary is expectant. And so you see that, you know, in Luke 10, 38 through 42, we've been referencing the story of Mary and Martha. Martha sees Jesus and his disciples coming, and so she welcomes them in. And the moment she walks in, she gets busy. She was a jittery type, the Bible says. And, and Mary and Martha were sisters. They were both pretty much linked at the hip. They, they, they like things done right. Mary went the opposite way when Jesus got in the house and it bothered Martha, so she starts to complain. And Jesus says, Martha, dear friend, you're, you're upset over all of these details. Mary's chose the most important thing. She's chose what's, being worth, what's worth being concerned about. She's discovered it's not going to be taken from her. It's a gift. Abiding in Jesus is a gift. Remaining, standing with God is a gift. The firmer you stand, the farther you go. The more planted, the more rooted you are, the more hardy the fruit is that you produce. Mary was expectant. If Mary was not expectant, she never would have sat at the feet of Jesus. Never, right? What did she see that Martha didn't? I mean, they were sisters, right? And so Martha was trying to prepare a good experience, right? Is the haze right? Do we have the lights correct? Right? Do we have enough ushers in the room? Do we have enough juice? Is the bread right? Did we vacuum the carpets? Are the countertops clean? Martha's trying to make for a great experience, right? Mary was expecting a good experience. None of this matters. It's all about him, right? It was like Christmas morning for Mary. It was like Christmas morning for Mary. She was expecting a great gift. That's how we're to come into our time with God, expectant. Man, God's going to speak today. One, I'm not just going to sit here and act like this is something I have to do. I'm going to read with an open, willing heart, open mind. I want to receive today. I'm coming to be fed today. God's going to speak something into me today. This word is going to come alive in my life. It's going to be planted in my heart. I'm going to see it come to life in the real world, in my world today. And and I think that's what we see with everybody in the Bible who walked with Jesus. I have a great expectation when I'm with this man because miracles are performed, right? And I just want to, if I could just pause for a second, we talked this week about miracles with our team. And I think that we discount a lot of the miracles we see every day because they're not the, the miracle that we expect, right? Well, I, the, nobody crippled walked this week. Nobody deaf heard this week. Nobody blind saw this week. So, well, maybe they did. They just didn't hear the way you think they should hear. Or maybe they didn't see the way that you think they should hear. Maybe they didn't walk the way that you have in your mind they should walk. 
God performs little bitty miracles. Miracles and miracles. Miracles and miracles. Every single day. But we discount them and we chalk them up to, uh, that, uh, that's good. Um, hey, thank God that happened. That's a miracle. You're a walking miracle. If you call Jesus Savior and you're living as a Christian today in this world, you're a miracle. There are miracles happening every day, right? And so Jesus was great. He had so many gifts. They all came to fruition. Miracle after miracle, anytime he was around, right? Healing, encouragement, there was life. There was life. We celebrated Axton's third birthday uh, last week, a week and a half ago. And uh, man, he's such a gift. He brings so much life and laughter to our house. He, Jesus brought life, right? Isn't that what you expect when somebody gives you a gift? When somebody gives you something, when God gave us Axton, we got life. Now we were handed Axton at the same day the world was going to go on a two-week break, okay? And when we got him, the amount of joy that filled our hearts, he's number four for us. So we've experienced this before, but not like this. And for the season that we were about to walk through as a family, Axton was an amazing gift for our family. And so that's what was given to us. When somebody gives you a gift, doesn't matter what the occasion, what the holiday, thank you card, whatever, there's an expectation when you go to open that card or unwrap that gift. Your expectations are up. You're excited. Doesn't even matter the day you had, even if you were down or sad, you're now happy. You're ready. You're energized. Oh, this is for me. This is for me, right? And the thing is, sometimes the gift is more than you expect. That's what we got with Axton. Sometimes it's exactly what you expect, which is all, always works out well, right? Because our expectations met. And sometimes it's nothing like you expect. And just because it's not what you expect at all, oh, a Swiffer duster? Pfft. That might be exactly what you need. There might be something God wants to do through that, right? Swiffer Duster is a great example, by the way. And so what's the gift? What is the gift? What's the ultimate gift? What's the ultimate gift? Psalms 39, 7 says this, And now, Lord, for what do I expectantly wait? My hope, my confident expectation is in you. It's in you. When we get gifts... Isn't this the one of the few times that we stop looking around and our focus shifts to us? It's one of the few times for me when I receive a gift, it's one of the few times where I'm like, oh, hey, yeah, is this for me? Everything shuts down and I'm like, oh, cool, a gift, right? Don't we all have the one friend or the one sibling? We have siblings in our house. We have this not fair thing that goes around our house every now and again. I'm just like, what do you mean not fair? Like, let's rejoice with those who rejoice. Let's celebrate. Let's be glad for those, right? And when they're a little bit jealous or unfair or, or, or you know, uncomfortable or pushy, right? Oh, well, yeah, who cares? Well, but if it was them, they wouldn't be like that, right? And that's kind of how Martha was in the story of Mary and Martha. Martha was trying to do, uh, Martha was trying to do, uh, with Mary's experience, what she was wanting her experience to be, right? Tell her to come help me, right? And I can tell you that I'm 100% confident, 100, that if you will change your expectation with God, 
every time that you pray, every time that you worship, every time that you read, it will be a gift that will always turn out for the good. Always. Now, the, the, the human side of that is the problem with our expectation is many of us never think God will do anything that we know he can do. And we, we won't do anything we know that is, that is possible or that he could even be here or that, that even already exists because we get too busy. And if we're not too busy to expect anything that God can do, we will move on from the thought or even being expectant because our expectation hasn't been met. And so we think that God is not a God of today or a God of tomorrow, that he's a God of yesterday. Well, yeah, God used to do that. I used to be, used, I, I used to read the Bible like that, etc. right? And most of the time we can't see him working because we don't expect him to work likely because we've lost our connection or we failed to have a connection. We're not abiding, right? I want to tell you today that God is very much alive. He's right in the middle of your mess. He's right in the middle of my mess. And some of us see him and some of us don't. It's really that perspective. It's what we choose to focus on, the external or the internal. Is God the God who's alive in me? Or, is, or, or am I waiting to get right before I believe he comes to life in me? Right. And when you get to the root of God's love for you, I think you're going to understand that God sees you, that he's for you and that he wants the best for you. That's that's God. That's the creator of heaven and earth. Right. And if you fail to accept this, it's going to limit what you expect from him. If you can't accept that, you won't expect it. Right. And so you must identify with God, the father, your creator, open-handed, right? Open-armed, loving, forgiving, creator of the world, universe, creator of you, God, right? You have to identify with that God, the Father, if you're ever going to expect anything from him. You've got to get past yourself and you have to forgive yourself just as Christ has forgiven you, right? You have to stop thinking that you can never, I can never. You have to stop thinking that because God always can. God always can. There are three scriptures I want to prove to you. This is through faith, right? These are promises to you. It's 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We should own that. He is faithful and just to forgive far as the east is from the west. 2 Peter 3, 9 says, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, as some count slowness, that's called impatience if we're being real. But he is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. What's that mean? Say you're sorry from your heart, not because you know you should, but because you believe it was wrong, right? And then 1 John 5, 3 says, For this is the love, that God, love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. They're not burdensome. It's a relationship. It's not something you carry. It's a way you live. So we accept that. We accept that. God says, cast all your cares on me for my burdens are light. The only thing that God wants you to carry is your relationship with him. And he says, if you go with me, I'm going to make all the other stuff light. Right? 
If you do that, he says, I'll take care of everything else. That's, that's essentially walking in love, right? It's the first, first two commandments. Love God with everything you have and love your neighbors yourself. If you'll do this with me, life's going to be pretty good. Life's going to be pretty good. And so God's not called you to do anything. He's called you to be somebody. So it's not what you do. It's who you are. It's who you are. You're a son. You're a daughter. God created you and he called you into relationship and he wants that relationship with you. He's asking that you abide, that you would live in him like he lives in you. So then what does it mean to be expectant? You talk through all this game right here, Mary and Martha and how Mary was so expectant. What does it mean? How can I do that in 2023? To be expectant means to be energized and enthusiastic. Man, I love the word enthusiasm. It's probably my most favorite word in the whole wide world because wherever enthusiasm is present, success follows. Never, not one time in the history of the earth has enthusiasm been present and success not followed. Find it. When there's enthusiasm and there's energy, success follows. There's a belief. Right? Romans 12, 11 through 12 says this. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert and cheerfully expectant. What's that? Press in and never quit. Be enthusiastic. I'm going to close with this. To expect God. This, is, this, is, this, this means this. This is what this means. That we need to expect to have a good time of fellowship with God. To receive a blessing from our time together. This is not, well, I haven't read my Bible in two weeks. I should probably open it up. And, well, I forgot where I was, so I'll just start in Genesis again. Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay? Here's what you're going to do. You're going to read with purpose. You're going to pray with purpose. Enthusiasm. You're going to worship with enthusiasm, with energy. You're going to listen with enthusiasm. You're going to seek God with enthusiasm. Expect contribution from God, not consumption for yourself. You don't have to gain any more knowledge. You need to grow deeper in your belief. And so your goal is to learn and to grow so you can live out what it means to be a follower of Jesus and so you can lead it for others so they can actually see Jesus in you. So your next steps are to increase your expectation. Ask and answer these two questions daily. These two questions daily. You want to know if you're expecting God to move or not? What am I currently believing God for? What am I currently believing God for? If that is empty, okay, if there's no answer in that box, what am I, I'm not sure. Well, then who's playing God in your life? What are you currently believing God for? The second thing is, where do I need God to work today, this month? What am I praying about? Where do I need God to work? Increase your expectation. This is the one thing most of us have forgotten, to have an expectation of God. God is the God of yesterday, today, and forever. He is the author, the perfecter, and the finisher of your faith. Expect God to move. What are you currently believing God for? Pray for it every day. Where do you need God to work? Expect it to happen every single day. So the question you have to answer today is this. From this point forward, how am I going to engage? Half-hearted, have to, 
enthusiastic get to. This is the creator of the world. He made me and he wants to have a relationship with me. Most important person in the whole world to meet with every day is God. You can do anything, anything on the face of the earth under one condition, to abide. So remember, every day is a gift. Every time that you sit down to meet with God, it's a gift. And what you get from your time with God is going to be what you expect. And if you expect good, you're going to get good. And if you're expectant, you're going to grow spiritually because God knows you're relaxed, reverent, willing, willing, and expectant. You're expectant. And so I hope this challenges you. I hope that it helps you engage in your relationship with God. I hope it raises your expectation to receive from God because he wants to give to you. He wants to pour into you. If you abide in me, I'll abide in you. If you'll live in me, I'll live in you. And you will bear much fruit, generational fruit. And so I hope this gives life to your relationship with God so you can move forward in your faith, in your personal faith, in your journey, in your relationship with God. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to share this message, what you placed um, in your word, what you've brought to life, or what I've been able to experience and so many other people who call Jesus Savior and Lord get to experience. Lord, thank you that you would help us to raise our expectation, that we would come into our daily time with you expectant, ready to receive, ready to receive, not to consume something, Lord, but that you're going to contribute to our hearts, Lord, that you're going to continue to transform us, that we're going to continue to develop Christ-like character so we can be the gospel of Jesus Christ on the streets, in our businesses, where we work, where we live, where we play. I love you. Thank you, Lord, for the impact of this message, what it means to stand by you. Thank you for an amazing day and time together. Thanks for blessing every person who can hear your words today. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Next week, Stand By Me, part five, the finale. One way to be alert. How do we know when God's moving? How can we experience, see, now that we're relaxed, now that we're reverent, now that we're willing, now that we're expectant, how, how will I know? How will I know? And so don't miss that. It's the finale of Stand By Me. Now I pray the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father would give you a spirit of wisdom, would give you a spirit of wisdom, and revelation in the knowledge of Him. I pray the perception of your mind will be enlightened so that you would know what His hope, His calling, and His purpose are for you and the great things that He has in store for you. Go out, have a great week. Talk to you next week. Thank you so much for joining me today. A huge thanks to those of you who support our ministry. You make what we get to do in Michigan, Oklahoma, Texas, and Colorado possible with those weekly outreaches to our hospital heroes and public service men and women. It's a big deal to get to do that and to support the people who are caring for our communities. And so go ahead and click the link in the description to become a partner, or you can visit livefreedefined.com and click the giving link. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to like and subscribe or share it with a friend. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.